Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Bill Lutz, and Tim Sway. Three, two, one, clap. Good enough. Oh, the bell screwed up. Get out of your hand. Ah, uh, exactly. Dig it out. Exacto knife. Smart. It's in the top layers of the dead skin. You just cut the do skin have, open and it comes out. Do you out have a Swiss iron. Army knife? I did. I don't know where it is. Because uh, the, the smallest blade on there is like a scalpel. They're that sharp. Yeah. That's. I'm, I remember that. If if you haven't used it stupidly, yeah. <laughs> well, you can. Uh, yeah. Mine are all dull. <laughs> yeah. I've got. You know, I've got. I swear, I have probably five or six Swiss Army knives and ninety nine and they're all over. I have them in the garage. I have one in the house. I have one at work in the truck. And what I use them for mostly is a toothpick. It's the only toothpick that I can use mm. that actually gets in because my teeth are all very close together. So. Hmm. So you buy a thirty dollar toothpick, basically? No, I I I collect <laughs> knives anyway. I I just yeah, I know. right. Yeah. So I have them, but I find I just don't use them. I use I use them sometimes. The little pliers on it, or or the knife to dig out splinters. That's what I use to dig out splinters. Is a Swiss hmm. Army knife. For, Interesting. For for years, I had a like kind of a crappy fake Leatherman, you know, in my pocket that I always carried, and then about two years ago. And I'd get them for like five, ten bucks until they broke or whatever. And they always sucked, you know. But mm-hmm. but then like two years ago, I was cleaning out my music gig bag because I don't play music anymore. And I was like, like, and I found a brand new Leatherman in there. <laughs> Genuine. And I was like, yeah, like a real one. This I've been carrying it ever since. And I, I showed my wife. I was like, look at this. I have a real Leatherman. I never even knew I had one. She's like, well, I bought that for you for your birthday like ten <laughs> years ago. <laughs> And I was like, so when she gave it to me, I was playing music. I wasn't making stuff, you know? And so I was like, oh, perfect. I'll put it in my gig bag for in case I break a string or whatever. Slash, you were always drinking and partying and staying out late. That may be another reason. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You were like, Gwen, is it? I don't recall. (laughs) When were we married? Exactly. Yeah. And was it consensual? Right right now, she's she's up there doing her uh, family photo album. It's like. It's like a chore that she she no, she always puts off. So everything's like it's always like eight years outdated by the time she starts putting photos in. And she's up there and she's like pulling his photos. Like oh, there's like Vance and he's like two, you know. And she's like oh, look how cute he is. Look at that. And there's like all these pictures and like I'm like I was there. <laughs> you know, there I am. I guess I was. No, the funnier part is Vance walking by going, "Hey, mom." <laughs> right. Looking at pictures of him as a two-year-old. Hey, mom, grab me a beer, would you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I was thinking about a topic this morning, uh, something about obsolete, obsolescence, because, okay, so here's the story. Um, I found um, my mother-in-law's old iPad. It's an iPad mini, and, and I guess it's probably from like 2012. It's an iPad 2 or iPad 3 mini. It's got 16 gigs of memory on it, and uh, it's great, except you can't get it beyond uh, iOS 9.3.5, and I think they're now on like right. version 13. So um, you can't get YouTube on it. You can't get Netflix on it. You can't get Chrome on it. You can't get anything on it. So it's uh, only worth sort of what you can trade it in for. You can't trade anything. Like, it's a worthless... It's a No, nothing. some places I mean, give... Some yeah, places you'll get when you get five bucks for... Well, they... Five, yeah. well, five some, bucks. It's not even worth yeah, the gas uh, to drive Maybe even there. like 25, like for the, the material. It's more than that. It's like, you know. yeah, it's like... it's it's Because, I mean, I've yeah. taken... Uh, my dad, Bill, actually does that. He's got so many electronics and stuff, but 
he'll gather up five, six, seven, eight of them, go to the store to trade it in at Apple, and they'll give you money for those old items. So it adds up. Okay. Yeah. But here, here's the point, though. Um, you used to be able to do something called jailbreak, right? And then uh-huh. you could install an older version of those apps on there, and then it would work a champ again. But then Apple shut that down. So my point is there's actually nothing wrong with this thing, but it's forced obsolescence so that you have to buy the latest sure. and greatest. And I'm yeah. wondering if that's applicable to us. In the sense that you found something else to bitch about, yeah. Just kidding, just kidding. I'm wondering kidding, if that's applicable to us. I was, I was in just a more trying to lighten the mood life. a little bit, that's all. Was it dark? <laughs> I figured I figured lightening the mood was what you were doing with your attire tonight. Well, no, I was actually thinking about that. So I've been all these years, you know, don't stalk Tim Sway, quit sneaking up behind him when he doesn't know you're there. I finally found an excuse that I can wear a Tim Sway type bandana now that the the, the virus is here. So I've been in our county, they've now made it. Uh, it's uh, they've ordered that you cover mandatory mandatory cover your face. So I I just have a habit of wearing a little scarf. Casey happened to get a collection from our friend Christy in Utah. Her daughter sent her whole bag full of all these different types of bandanas. So this one, because my shirt is striped with red and blue, I got this little blue with the th- a sailor yeah. theme. It's got little red things on. See. Yeah. No, I noticed yep. right away yeah. that you were dressed like a sailor. Yes. A very a very friendly sailor. Yes. When I'm yeah. so we we just got back from hey. a walk, and we always take Lou with us. So you see me walking down the street, sauntering. I like yeah. to think I saunter when I walk, holding a bearded dragon in one hand, and uh, yeah. yeah, with my little my I, little. I think of it more as strutting. I, f- I see you more as strutting. You're a strutter. I strut when I'm angry. I'm an angry strutter, but I'm a happy saunterer. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. You learn something new every day about the enigma that is William <laughs> B. Lutz. Is that what you want to call this? Learning? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Didn't I'm going to spend the next 45 minutes unlearning. Yeah. 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 i to unlearn that um, in a hurry. Forced obsolescence. Uh, I, I, I get it because I like that. You know, as reclaimers, I mean, that's sort of... It definitely ties into our world, you know, of like finding use for things that no longer have use. But you're thinking about it more along the lines of being a maker. Yeah, I'm thinking like like all of a sudden at one point someone said, um, uh, radial arm saws, no good. They're obsolete. The chop saws in, and everyone who has one is like, oh okay, you know, um, making templates, you know, by hand and then using a router, no good. Now everybody needs a CNC. Uh, cutting out vinyls by hand, that's garbage. You need to get a, a cre-cut. Uh, you know, uh, no more uh, molding clay and then making uh, molds out of it. No, Now you need a 3D printer. Okay. Yeah, I still find it kind of bitchy. Well, don't take it in that tone. Like, it's more like... like I, do you actually have to adhere to those rules? Like, or can we just do things the way we want to do them? You, and like, what are you, examples of some that are legit and some well, that are not? I mean, I feel like we've I feel like we've done this before, though. It's about what do you do? Are you making a living? Or are you making a hobby? If you're making a hobby, you can sit and you can whittle Queen Anne beds, you know, with a with nothing but a buck knife, but or Bill's toothpick. But uh, you know, right. but if you're doing it for a living, like if you want to stay competitive, you need more than a toothpick. Like, you know what I mean? That's, okay. That's so then the this topic sucks. Let's think of something else. Well, I, f- I feel, just feel like we've done it before. Well, that, I'm okay. trying to figure out how it's applicable. What, what, I like the what title, about though. coming up? With, okay, so you're right. 
uh, the, the iPad is obsolete, right? But is it? Is there an application you can actually use it for as a reclaimer? Does it have any value in your shop? Can you make it just your, um, your you just check your work emails on it or something, right? Or you use it specifically for your, your not work related stuff? I don't know. It's literally a paperweight. I couldn't install it. I couldn't even put Chrome on it. Like nothing. Yeah. Maybe you could get it to be like a photo frame. Like maybe. So yeah, but there's not a lot there. Honestly, I have Other a fifty dollar Android tablet that does more. And in fact, you um, know what? I think technically electronics are the only thing that are like that though, because even old tools, you can still use a router in templates, even if you don't have a. a a CNC. Even if you can't afford a CNC and you're trying to be a business, right. you can still do it. It's just not as efficient. To where with electronics, like you said, this you don't have a choice. Once it's done, it's done. Yeah. Yeah. Once they no, decide to like bypass the, it. And- yeah. Like my Mac is at that point now. Like I used to get like once a week, I get the annoying updates. Like oh, update this, update that. Now I don't get them anymore, and I'm like, uh oh. Like that means that this thing's gonna be updated <laughs> pretty soon. They like they're not they're not updating my OS anymore and. I could have gone to the next OS, but I was like nervous about it because I was reading mixed reviews on machines like not working right with it with my vintage machine, mm-hmm. you know. So I was like, "Oh, yeah. I'm gonna stick with this OS" because it was the machine was already a few years old at the time. So now that once that new OS came, OS came out, now there's nothing, no updates, you know. When, so, with the oh. big, 20- so what do you want, Cantina? What am I on? I am on. Um, I don't know. Hang on, I'll tell you. Apple help. It's uh, da, 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 da. about this Mac, right? I need an update for my yeah. Uh, El, Cap- uh, El Capitan. I'm a version oh, ten fourteen point six. I'm on ten eleven. Yeah. So my garage, you know, my little my little wow. iMac in the garage is what I mainly just for this is why I got it. Um, the one we have in the house is the one we bought ten years ago. It's when the twenty seven inch iMac first came out. We got one of those. Yeah. Yep. And I won't update that for exactly why Tim said, because that's like I know if I do and Casey uses that for her work where it's just files and stuff where she keeps on it. But it's like if I if you update first of all, we don't use computers. We just don't we barely use them. This is the most technological thing I do is record this podcast. Um, you say that like you're bragging. Uh sometimes I am. Sometimes I'm not though. Huh. Sometimes I feel a little um uh, uh, what's the word? Insignificant. <laughs> Insignificant. Wow, I didn't think it was going to go there. I, I mean, <laughs> like when it comes to, to to being up up, you know, up and uh, up and uh, up to par with with the rest of the world right. as far as, as technology uh-huh. goes. Right. You know. Right. I mean, but I, you're making a choice. You don't want to be. It's not that I don't want to be. I just don't have the interest. You know, it's not like I'm I'm choosing that's not. That's to, ultimately the same thing. No, it's it's really not because I think if I said you know I'm not going to 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 do this technological stuff, that's one thing. But I'm just it's like it's neither here nor there. If anything happened that I caught an interest in, I would do it. I do everything, just about everything on my phone. I mean, mm-hmm. again, other than record this podcast, and that's only because you guys yelled at me for always doing it on my phone. So, episode yeah. seven. Uh, if you want to go back and listen to it, I believe. I will. I do enjoy a good Bill yelling. <laughs> um, okay, so then... What about... Uh, all right, let's see, let's see. Uh, you got to bounce some stuff here. Um, everybody everybody now is starting to get into... I'm looking outside, and I'm, I'm watching all of my neighbors are now starting to do things outside, right? Their guy next door is... He's got like four or five cars anyway and a motorcycle. Well, they're all getting cleaned and tuned up and, you know, right. 
organized and then it's the other neighbors doing like major yard work re-landscaping and stuff you know i mean not just mowing the lawn type stuff um so like spring is sprung kind of thing uh spring forced spring right it's a it's a forced so i like the forced thing it's like we're kind of we're kind of we're kind of being presented with something we don't we don't really have a choice i mean we do you know but it's like you could stay inside yeah but like this it's a good opportunity i mean i literally just cleaned out my entire garage and in fact i did a uh i did a shop tour video and uh, i'm halfway through oh. i'm almost done editing it nice it's gonna come out tomorrow but yeah i did the leaf blower trick that you uh that you always talk about bill and then i hosed out the kid's side of the garage yep. mopped it squeegeed it the whole thing it's beautiful um it's actually fantastic yeah. So I'm there's down two things with the leaf blower trick. One is to make sure all your loose stuff is down, <laughs> right? Yeah. I almost yes. always like blow something off the bench. That I don't mean to. And the other is that you have to do it tw- at least twice because yeah. it's the settle. Now, you know? see, in my yes. garage, I have a, a, a the door on the you know the main door opens, but I have my little door in the back too. And if you open up both doors, that's one of the best ways to do oh, it. Oh, you got a cross breeze. Yeah. 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 So and I it yeah. always yeah. luckily for me it always blows out of the garage through the big door as opposed to the little one. Sometimes I'll set up a fan too, so have yeah. like a fan to sort of accelerate the, the process. What I do is that dust that you're talking about settling. That's when I turn on my uh, my air cleaner, right, to pick that up. But oh, I've also a- become a master of uh, the leaf blower. If you turn it sideways, will go in a specific direction, the air, right, and then so yeah. sideways, left, right. So you know, I'm going the along the walls. There. Yeah, I'm yeah. pushing. I'm sort of like sweeping in a direction. With the leaf blower, like oh uh, yeah, you have to yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I mean I, I I start in the back left corner, you know what I mean, and right work my way out. Anyways, but, this is yeah. exciting stuff. We should talk about this on the main show. How about spring cleaning? Yeah, yeah, but again, yeah, that's officially boring. spring. That's boring. How can we make it more like? Um, how about apocalypse cleaning? I mean, we're gonna have the same conversation. You just want the title to be more exciting? Yeah. Well, I'm thinking of like I was trying to think of something like Arab Spring, but like obviously yeah, not that. That's not a great yeah, example. That's, <laughs> I, yeah, I know. Exactly. When when you've just, got like three or four states literally ready to burst at the seams with militia. Okay, I yeah. got it. I got it. I got it. Check it out. We can. It, it, this will be kind of out there. Parallel. This kind of spring <laughs> cleaning thing, but check it out. The zombie housewife. Right. Yeah, my wife doesn't like it when you call her that. Okay, it doesn't have to be housewife. It could be the the the. I meant the zombie part. Oh, <laughs> uh, like the maid, right? The zombie maid or something. Where are you going with this? Because the zombies represent the apocalypse, and we're being forced to clean our shit because we're bored. Oh, well, that might be a little too cerebral. Um, for who? By cerebral. I didn't even stupid. get that. So <laughs> it was above my pay grade. Um. How about how about we go with like apocalypse now, but instead of now, it's like apocalypse. Did we just do that like two weeks ago? Though? Clean. I just, now that you said it out loud, I think uh, we just did that. Maybe. Yeah. Oh no, we did um, stir crazy. Oh, that was last. Yeah, week. Yeah, that was last week. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. How about we call this one? Uh, F it. We couldn't think of a title. Titleless. <laughs> insert insert clever title here. In yeah. parentheses. Oh, there you go. I like that. We haven't we haven't done that yet. Insert clever title here. 
This is 232. Yep. <coughs> Excuse me. I was thinking about a good topic earlier, and I forgot to write it down. We still have Making Honey for the 1% from last week. Making it making honey for the 1%? Honey. Well, what about oh, um, yeah. Making that's, Honey? That's pretty existential, though. Yeah. yeah. What about, I wrote some down from before. What about a participation trophy? Hmm. Yeah, I like that one, too. Um, didn't we, we didn't use that? I don't think so. No, let's do that one. I like that one. Now, what does it mean? <laughs> it basically means, um, I don't know, maybe this one's a little cynical on my part because I'm an asshole, but, you know, like we're constantly congratulating everybody for every tiny little achievement. Maybe we should sort of reserve those accolades for people who come up with something amazing. So quit quit being nice and... yeah. For the sake of being nice. Well, I mean, so I, the, the complaint about the participation trophy, right, with, especially with little kids, is if, if nobody yeah. has to put any effort and they win something, right? I mean, so it's like you need to actually – it's okay to lose. It's, it's okay Not to – Not only that, there's – there, there's, you need to and, – and I, and I have this argument all the time with my wife, so I'm keenly aware of this right. argument. One, there's no sense of achievement because you got it anyway. There's no – uh, you're not developing that sense of competition, which is necessary. You're not developing teamwork because you don't need to work with the team because everybody gets one anyway. And you don't learn how to gracefully lose. So you've got a generation of kids who, when they actually face real loss, have no idea how to cope with it. Oh, well, I think we all agree, but how are we going to try that into... So at what point? Making, at what point? As saying we're no longer we gonna we're gonna tell everybody on Facebook to not click like and say nice things unless they really really mean yeah, it. I mean, how do we? That's kinda yeah, dark that's now. what I'm saying. I'm saying it's <laughs> bullshit. Wow, you nailed a box together. Congratulations, bro. Wow. At what point though do you say that to that person? Do you say it to the guy that's his first box when he needs that praise? Exactly, or his fiftieth box. Your first box. Hey man, great box. Keep at it. But if it's the guy's 50th box, it's if it's my 100th whiskey box, and I'm posting it, I'm like, what are you doing? You made a million of these things. They're okay. So it's more you know, about like, deserved, What are you looking for here? It's more about deserved. Um, um, oh, yeah, I words on uh, Like when, when you, enthusiasm, when you encourage, deserved encouragement, right? It needs to be deserved. So instead of looking at it as telling yeah. you, hey, quit making boxes. It's like, hey, that's excellent, man. What have you thought about now to to, to step up your game, right? So you want to sure you want to encourage, okay. I mean, I also think like, at what point does it become, especially when it's my hundredth whiskey box that I'm posting online, and like, hey, guy, look at this. At one point, is it like well, nonsensical? We, we look at me, look at me, attention seeking. Because I don't actually know anybody that does that. I know people that start out, and it seems like they get better. Yeah, I think that when you show your 100th box, you're showing the fact that it's better than your 99th. Yeah. I, th I think or a lot of the time, though, it's also, be. like, just attention-seeking and, like, really needing that, that... I uh, think we should name names. Let's do the... Let's, let's call the episode Name <laughs> Names, and we'll just point out people that suck with their building, and we can do, like, Jimmy. We can do Izzy. Right, like, so Izzy yeah. makes a table that falls into a shelf. Big deal yeah. that guy i'm so tired yeah. of him oh it's know, powered Tim, by a drill cool. and it looks like a dragon <laughs> i don't know if i agree with you on that one that one was pretty cool 
I, I'm actually I've I've been emailing her and I talked to him on the phone yesterday about it. I loved it so much because I want him to help me design a staircase for my truck that does that. Oh, yeah, that's, but that's the but that's the point. Is if we do this, it would be completely tongue in cheek. And just be like, yeah. like you know, so Duressa, so he he totally reinvents the stool. Big deal. Like you know, it yeah. have to be like. How many knives are you gonna make that look like guns or something? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's not but, such a great topic. Maybe I'm just yeah. Cool. Um, I like I like the title, but I don't think that I want to do that. Well, let's know? so let's go the other way. So participation trophy. What if what if it is the fact that you can just we, uh, participate in this community and it becomes something amazing, right? What if we disagree with the concept of a participation trophy for children, but we agree with it for the maker community because oh, it serves an entirely see, now different you're purpose? Talking. Because I do think that, I do think that, uh, or or we just, I'm sorry, go. yeah, if, if if we sort of itemize it a little bit and be like, okay, you don't deserve a trophy for participating, but you deserve a trophy for continued improvement and this and that, and all the things we just talked about about what's wrong. Why don't we just have that conversation? Yeah, all right. You know, Bill, like Phil, you kind of played asshole because you're really good at it. Check, and then what? We'll, and then we'll talk you out of it, like we just kind of did. <laughs> but are you an if you're if you've got an open mind wait a minute at this point no, no, at that's, this point, that's what makes you my 20 minutes into the pre-show oh, okay. what if we just play the pre-show and then play the pre-show again yeah 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 I don't know if we could do that huh. um I have an idea Uh-oh. we yeah. could make we <laughs> we could run the pre-show and now start the show finish the conversation for, it should be a lot of editing all the swearing but I was thinking if like if we made the show and then we do a post show for the pre-show this week. So like this twenty minutes is part of our show. We do another thirty, we end it, and then we do a post show, and then this and we introduce like, hey, this is the type of thing you're missing. Remember earlier you know, when Phil said is over my grade, I don't know what you just said. <laughs> I'm saying that we because we started recording this like yeah. a pre-show, right? And then if we go and we just make it public and we just continue our podcast from here, make it public, and we say, hey, this is, of course, if we actually did this, I'm doing it oh, now. So it's like a This is an example of, of what pre-show. your dollar an yeah. episode would get you. Oh, is this is the kind of conversation. This is, this is looking behind the curtain. But then we can't deny our patrons their specific bonus. So we'll have to do a content. post show. So we record a post show. And I'll go through and edit And we'll say that at the end, too, and say, by the way, even though you think think you've got a freebie here, we're actually going to do a post show for our patrons. So you got to point that out at the end. And we're... Yeah, so now, so right from here, Phil does the intro, and we we let people... They've now seen behind the curtain. They know that we're just dwarfs running Oz. Oompa Loompas, yeah. Is that, is that how that went? Yellowbrick Road? I don't know. And then, and then we'll do the... And so that, then oh. they'll like let them know that they're like, well, you know, it, it was right that I don't give these guys any Patreon support because <laughs> I don't ever need to hear that crap again. <laughs> or Don't make jokes as soon as they take a sip. Remember, you got to tell them it tastes good. Here, try some. Yeah, exactly. And then it tastes great through your nose. Yeah. What are you drinking anyways? Is it a screwdriver? It is a screwdriver. Listen, it's a maker show. Yeah. Oh, I like Thank that. Yeah. So we so we've basically done half the show already. Well, we a haven't done saw? half the show because you're making us tack on additional time at the end. Why does it like if we give somebody a, a free peek during the beginning, do we have to add something else at the end? They're just So you want to just blow off our 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 patrons this week and not give them a pre-show? Give them give them the pre-show also. There is no pre-show. So this is, is this... the show show. Is what Tim's saying. This isn't the pre-show. I'm saying you double up. 
Okay, so the, they they get the pre-show, and maybe because a lot of them don't listen to the pre-show anyway. Bingo, so bingo. Oh. And then we'll just do our show from here. Well, wait, we can't say that we'll on the air the because now we're trying to tell people file. give us a dollar so you can have this, but nobody listens to it anyway. Tip's got to do a little editing anyway. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> No, I'm not editing anything. I'm just just making a PG. That's all. I'm gonna leave all this nonsense in. That's fine. Go ahead, do the roll call, man. Let's let's. We got we got uh we got to do another like 40 minutes here. I'm good. We'll, I'm uh, good. I, I don't know. Welcome what I'm everybody doing. to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. <laughs> I didn't get my trumpet yet. Okay. This is episode <laughs> 232. What is it? Probably 232. 232 for April 22nd, 2020. This week's top Patreon supporters. Oh wait, 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 wait. There was a noob. There was a noob. Yes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A big noob. I want to get big noob. Big noob. And the same last well, name as one of my favorite gun parts. I hope he likes guns. Mr. Glock? Trigger? What? No, Hogue. Uh, Hogue. Well, I, don't, I don't even care. Just do the thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're right. Sorry. L.P. Hogue. Okay, Levi. wait. But you say, okay, do it at I'm the end. Put, here we go. So, oh, at gang the end, pop right. up loser spot right. for one episode. Yeah. Well, I can't do it. Okay, Levi. Oh. Okay. Lakeside Woodcrafter, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta, <laughs> Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, LiquidRC.com, Jim Bashirs, Paul Jackman, The Boys Over It, Maybe I've Said Too Much. Creator Nader, Wesley Treat, Rob Ray, Darren Mattis, Klingspore, Isotunes, Tim Holliner, Levi Hogue. Oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Oh. Hang on, I can do better. Do it again, do it again. Levi Hogue. You were right the first time. And Gangi and Pop Pop Makerspace. We've turned into a little musical uh, foley stage here. Hang on, there's a horse coming through. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. What are we working on apart from awful sound effects? Let's go to the uh, <clears throat> the whimsical Bill Lutz. And I am whimsical due to my uh, attire, I assume. Oh, you assume correctly. <laughs> <laughs> that. Well, we'll just add that to the list. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not spending a lot of time in the shop. I have to rethink now the whole ukulele thing since uh, last week's discovery of the um, bad fretting marker uh, fretboard that I was going to use. Uh, I don't want to name names, Tim Sway. Um, Burn it. But, uh, yeah, so I haven't been a lot in the shop, but um, I've been spending time, a lot of time, with uh, uh, my wife and my dog and my lizard and... And we go for walks all the time, and we've been... Those are uh, not euphemisms, by the way, people. No, they're not euphemisms. They're like, really, I go for a walk with my bearded dragon and my, my Rottweiler and my wife. Or actually, they take me for a walk, I guess, would be more accurate. So, yeah. And, and actually, the leash comfortable or no? What's that? Is the leash comfortable or no? Uh, well, you see the collar. So, yeah, I'd say yeah. it's comfortable. Yeah. Okay, no, all right. All right. Just want to make sure it's humane. But we've been, um, we've actually uh, been focusing a little bit on Casey's. So here's something that's kind of a trip. Casey is a hairstylist. She owns a hair salon, which is right now shut down completely. And there is talk of certain areas of the country that are trying to, to open up and stuff. And it, it's 
she can't yet in California, and we're trying to wonder what that even looks like, right? Because it's a it's a very touchy feely uh, profession, you know. So mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's it's been uh, uh, a lot of. Uh, hiring a, a couple of consultants and, and what does the industry think and all that and I'm just kind of sitting in the sideline because she's doing it on speakerphone and it's like it's fascinating it's a no joke conversation because it's it's serious you can't just this isn't a willy nilly okay put your bandana on and everything's fine It's there, there's a lot of things to consider I wouldn't have thought of but anyway so we she's been concentrating a lot on that and, um, and I've just been there for a little bit of moral support and, and uh, just well yeah I could imagine because I think about like you know, I mean, I I cut my own hair, so what do I know? But <laughs> uh, the, the and you can tell. But you know, the like the, the few times I do go to a barbershop, they have that little barbasol like that they put the combs in or mm-hmm. whatever, like that sterilization. And so, and then there are people that are freaked out about hair in general and stuff. So you start thinking about like that. There's already that sort of culture of cleanliness well, concerns I, in that industry. I can tell you right now. Um, well, first of all, the, the hair industry, if followed properly, is pretty much one of the strictest like for being cleanliness like they, they're supposed to sterilize all their tools after each use and blah blah, blah. next yeah. the next step up would be you know uh medical right going medical. to the hospital yeah. but um, or tattoo you know. yeah right same thing in tattoo parlors yeah. um what's funny is yeah. that the, the the people who own the salons have a lot of concern about what that's going to look like the people that have roots growing in don't care she's still getting phone calls yeah. are you guys i'm not kidding it is it is amazing I believe that people it. are like you know we need so it's 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 funny because she told me a while back that the hair industry is one of the most recession proof businesses that you can have unless there's sure. a world pandemic right i mean that's right because mm, interesting no matter what happens people want to be groomed and they, they want to feel better about themselves and one, one way to do that is like you know go get a haircut and a shave or you go get your perm done or i, I don't know whatever um, yeah we have for right now so it's 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 pretty interesting that and i think uh our buddy uh uh from maybe i've said too much joel crawford he just listed something about hair salons in particular about look you basically basically you're going to have to be like the, the medical profession. You're going to have to don uh, PPE all over your body. You're going to have to wear a mask, a proper N95. You're going to have to wear gloves. And you just can't do that if you're cutting hair. It's just not really possible to be that constricted in your outfit. And nurses and doctors, unless they're doing surgery, still aren't standing over somebody for that long, right? You know, nurses come in, they yeah. check your temperature, mm-hmm. they do a couple of things, and they can get out. But when you're doing hair, you're there for an hour, hour and a half. If you get in color, it could be two, three hours that you're in close proximity to somebody. So it's a trip. Yeah. It's a trip. Yeah. It is interesting. And it's, um, you know, I think we're going to get opened up faster than people think we are. Because what they're going to need to do is they're going to need to start opening up certain things to the essential services. Correct. Uh, list and certain things are getting opened up. So, for example, here, obviously, hospitals were open and then restaurants are still open for takeout. And just recently, they opened up um, landscaping. So, like, you know, the gardeners could get back to work and mo- lawns can get mowed and construction was added to the essential services. So, and, and recent today, actually, maybe it was yesterday, the uh, the school system here in Quebec, they, they told us that... Um, that they were supposed to open up May 4th. They said it's not happening on May 4th. Um, and that whenever they were ready to make the announcement, the kids would go back to school two weeks later. So they're not expecting to make another announcement for another two weeks. So let's say not another month. But they've got a whole bunch of options on the table. And they're saying, listen, we cannot have it. Quebec has like 8 million people in it. 
We cannot have it that a million children go back to school September 1st. Right. It's just not going to work. We've got to stagger people back in. We've got to stagger the kids back in. So mm. if, you, if you have someone in your family that's compromised, you're not going to be on the first run of kids allowed back to school. And chances are there's going to be school throughout the summer anyway. Right? So they're, they're doing all these creative things to see how do we sort of phase people back into public life without dumping everyone back in. Because what they really need to do is make sure that the hospitals can handle anybody getting sick. Right. And that's why they're going to stagger people in. You stagger them in, the hospitals can handle the loads. And that's sort of the prevalent thinking right now. And I think some of that is going to just happen because people are, I mean, it's not going to be like opening the barn up in the winter or the spring and the cows go running out. Right, right. I, I think mm-hmm. a lot of people are just not going to be in a rush. Like, oh my God, they kidding? want their hair cut, you know, they want their hair cut, but maybe they're not going to, you know, jump right on that. They're going to wait. And no, they're, go. they're going to jump right on that. No, no, no. They're going to jump right on that. I promise. We're not you. talking about yeah. dudes. We're talking about women who want their, like, their roots are showing. Yeah. They are going to the salon. Well, I mean, but yeah. there, I mean there's yeah. a lot of there, obviously right now. There's a lot of stuff on the news where people are very anxious, to say the least, to get to get back. And some places I think are sure are, are they're jumping the gun a little bit. Other places maybe they're going too slow. I don't know. This is kind of a new thing yeah. for everybody. So California's yeah. pretty. They're they're really they're really strict on how they're going to set it back. So instead of there being a three Cal- Well, California things, also got an early start. Yeah, yeah. So like they, they're, they're, they they're being really yeah. ca- cautious, I would say. They're dipping their toe in the water, right, as opposed to just yeah. diving in. So it's it, – but there's a lot of people, man, that are just – they're like, hey, I'm not sick. Nobody I know is sick, and I'm broke. I need to go back to work. I mean, that's the, really the bottom yeah. line. Yeah. And they don't mm. – yeah, it's just it's, – it's, it's what a trip. It's just – I've, I've been blessed uh, so far. I still have employment, and uh, we we are basically running a skeleton crew, and I'm being paid for uh, the time that I stay at home because I'm on call now 24-7, basically. Yeah. So they're, Interesting. as of right now, the, the city has enough money to do that. And, and our city manager basically told everybody, look, I'm going to try and do that for as long as we can, but you never know. You just never know. Right. I don't know how long we can keep doing and, that, right? Because... Cities rely on taxes yeah. and everything, and our sales taxes, she said, down by seventy percent right now, because people just aren't out shopping. Sure. So, and you know, every everything is like this everywhere, yeah, but yeah. that doesn't help. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because it's just like just because everybody else is broke doesn't make it easy for me. But I think that the the unemployment yeah. numbers are horrific, but they're. They are inflated because a lot of people got laid off, so they could collect, and they're going to be able to go back and hopefully they were furloughed. But again, yeah. that's going to take time. Right. Right. You know, so we'll see. I mean, full recovery is going to take a long time. Well, it's like, it's weird. Yeah, it's, but this is going to create a lot of opportunity too. You know, because and what I'm ho- yes, and what I'm hoping it's going to do is it's going to shift focus on some industries and shift focus on the way we look at the world. I mean, yeah, well, if, you know, about you the fact that when, it, when a butterfly flaps his wings here, right? If you can't figure out this is whether you like it or not, this is the perfect opportunity to sit back and say, okay, what do we really need? What 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 can we not live without? What can we live without? You know, there's essential services yeah. are going to really be defined, I think, based upon this. It's also cha- going to change the work, work culture, right? It's kind of very old school, the thing. Everyone's got to be in the office all the time right. to be working. Whereas we're showing, like, like 50% of the workforce is working from home. Right. And I'm not saying it's, like, a cure-all for everybody, but some people are actually more productive. Some people are as productive and some people are less productive. I have right. moments of up and down, obviously, because right. I've got yeah. kids running in here going, how many more minutes until you're done working? And I have to say, 
you know, 360 more minutes because it's 11 o'clock in the morning. And go count them 60 seconds at a time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, it, but it definitely know, is going to change things. Exactly. And, and smart, forward-thinking businesses and companies and stuff are going to look at that and they're going to say, okay, well, now we're going to come back. Let's, let's be better set up because this is, you know, I mean, this might be another 100 years before something like this happens again, but... But they're going to look at, like, if all these people can work from home and they cannot drive their cars and they can, you know, and they can get more done in less time and less less office space to air condition and all this. Yeah. I mean, these are, like, huge, huge things that can really make a difference on our environment and our our productivity. Sure. I, game changer, definitely. Yeah, it's a Paradigm game changer. I, I know somebody that um, uh, has a law office and they were paying... Fifteen thousand a month rent for their offices in San Francisco. It's a smaller office, but they obviously they're doing really well. Well, she's not having to do that now. She's like, huh? You know what? We're doing everything from home, and my few my few uh, employees are doing stuff from home. So I don't see any reason. To think, and it works. Yeah, we don't need to go yeah. back to paying yeah. that crazy amount of rent, right? The problem with yeah. that is that only works when you don't have any client meetings. Well, that's the thing, though. You can still what what. So, what are some solutions to that? You turn your garage into an office just to have meetings for clients. If you know what I mean, or you rent a build smaller a, space. Build a barn in your backyard. You, smaller, your, you do a yeah. we share, right? You do like a we right. share office exactly. where like you go in for just the meetings. I, I like what yeah. you and said. There's, there's like, a lot of those popping up. Yeah. yeah. What you said, Phil, about this is being like it's just kind of an old school idea that a lot of these administrative office type jobs have to be in a big building with lots of windows and. And ten mm-hmm. stories high, where you know maybe we don't need to be doing that anymore. There's, but it is right. pointing out too, like I said, some of the jobs that are essential, like you said, landscapers, gardeners, construction people, they still got to go out and do the exact same thing, the exact same way. There's not right. There's there's no office, you know. <laughs> so we had a meeting at work, and um, uh, this is great. I love uh, Taz, who is a supporter of the show. He's my coworker. He's my right hand guy. Okay, uh, we have this all-staff meeting, and they're talking about the administrative, you know, okay, who can do what from home? And basically, everybody in the admin building, they'll have one person in the office. The office is closed, but there'll be one representative, and everybody in the office, they're doing work from home. And Ted says, well, I can do work from home. I can take my weed eater, and I can go do that at home. No problem. (laughs) (laughs) How did that go over? Uh, Yeah, no, he didn't get to do that. But, hey, I was just... Yeah, yeah. But there's some things (laughs) that some, some positions you have to... They have to keep doing things the same. Others don't, though. So. Right. Sure. I'll, I'll tell you another benefit that's come out of this. I mean, like, it honestly hasn't changed my life too much. I do, you know, think about the um, the overall, you know, the, the world. and Because and, I like to think about things like that that I have no control over. <laughs> but, but um, you know, like, I was kind of joking. Like, I was like, oh, the only thing that's changed my, my daily existence is I don't pop into the box store on my way to work every morning for that one box of screws, yeah. you know, or whatever. Um, but I've been there like three times now because they have the, the curbside thing where you mm-hmm. the guy in a mask comes out and gets the number and they bring your stuff out. Yeah, I don't great. think I'm ever going in that store again. <laughs> I have an app on my yes. phone and I can just order everything and I pay with my PayPal and I and it, they're so quick. I, I pull in the guy's like, hey, you know, it's the guy in the, the steering wheel on the wrong side, you know, and and uh, and within minutes I got all my stuff. You know, it's that's amazing. something that's genius. First of all, for pickup. Yeah. For uh, yeah. for Home Depot, it's fantastic. For groceries, it's great. And I always looked at it like like that's just lame. Like why? But this is a way too with the economy to recover. Like if these stores can hire people to do this and they can make yeah. this at a premium, like the, they they pick the store, they bring it to you, and it's a service now that you know it doesn't affect the, change the price of the product necessarily. 
you know, there's not like some ridiculous service. Like getting delivered to your home, obviously, there is, you know, an expensive. Well, to they're going to have to set it up, too, I think, because a lot of businesses, I think, are going to want to do that. Uh, and they're talking about here where it's like they might start forcing Target and Safeway and, and the, the grocery stores to do that. It's like you're not set up for that. So if you just all of a sudden make that mandatory, you're right. going to have cars lined up forever, right? They're already limiting yeah. the amount yeah. of people that can go in. And, and the economic yeah. thing is is not to be discounted too. Like I said, I'm doing okay, luckily in my job. But basically, our income is 50 percent less now because Casey's not bringing any money in. So we've we've gotten the uh, you know the the holes on my belt loop are, are stretching a little bit right now, <laughs> tightening the mm-hmm. belt. Mm-hmm. And and there's people and, and like I said, I'm doing okay. So as of now, I know my rent's paid. I know my car payments made. We've we've deferred a lot of things that we can. Uh, but there's there's mm-hmm. a lot of people out there that that's why I said they're kind of they're like hey I'm not sick I don't even know anybody that's sick this is all on the news and and I got to get back to work and you're like but yeah but slow down hold on just, just yeah. you know I, I get right. it it's it's a little frustrating when you hear people like saying com- complaining that not enough people have died it's like well okay first off that's horrible and second off is the reason is is because we're all staying home that's right, why yeah. the system working. is working you know right but we also got to like, be, be it's like the um, be careful with the rhetoric is is because i think things are said because there's a camera and you're pissed right yeah so i, I but yeah, it's like the, uh, the it's like the you know the person takes medicine to feel better and then they start feeling no, better, it's so exactly right medicine. the reason why things have you know. calmed down and, and the numbers are <laughs> dropping is because we're practicing yeah. Staying away from each other, you know. I, so I went. Yeah. I went to pick mm-hmm. up. Here's another funny thing. Yes. I went to pick up a prescription today, and I pulled up my Tim Sway scarf when I walked into the pharmacy. It's one of the few things they wouldn't mail me, so I had to go to the pharmacy. So I pull that up, and I walk up, and they say, "Okay, sir, you have to wash your hands." Right, I had a little washing station right there. Wash your hands, dry them off, and everything. Oh, nice. And she's all, yeah. "Hey, let me give you this mask, and it's just a little paper. It's not an N95. It's just a little paper mask." I said, "That's okay. I got my scarf. Save that for somebody who doesn't have one." She's all, "No, no, no. This is way more protective for you than that scarf." And I said. You do realize that we're not covering our faces to protect ourselves. I'm trying to, you're trying to protect me from in case you're sick, and I'm trying to protect you. That little mask isn't going to stop me from getting something if you have it, unless your mouth is covered, yeah. right? Yeah. And she she looked yeah. at me kind of like crazy. I'm like, so there are some things that people still don't know the simplicity of that. Yeah, they're, you know, yeah. people just like to follow rules. Yeah, here's the rule that was given. I need to follow it. Yeah, it's like, no, why are you doing that, though? We're asking you to cover your face so you don't sneeze and cough on somebody else. So if everybody right. does that, then there will be no sneezing and coughing on other people, and it will mm. reduce the number. Anyway, I just thought that was funny. Go to the doctor, or go to the hospital, and the people out front trying to pass out a mask tell me it's a more safer one than the one I'm wearing. So Anyway. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Tim, what are you working on? Um, oh, geez, we're still doing that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, what, you know, stuff, business as usual. I had the, um, I've, I finished up that Corian bass guitar. We talked about that last week. How I was going to put the weed whacker strings on it. I know you um, didn't do that. I went to put those on, and they weren't, uh, they weren't getting enough tension because they're too short, right? They worked on the double bass, but. I couldn't. I had to like tune them up like to higher pitches to get them tense enough to pluck uh. on that. Um, so I was like, all right, well, I'll throw some steel strings on, see what happens. And uh, it's been holding up great. Um, you know, of course, there's a lot of comments of people saying it's not, that it doesn't work. But so well, they're telling you it doesn't know. work when you're actually playing yeah. it on, it, like you're showing. Well, they're, they're saying, yeah, they're saying that it's going to, you know, it's going to collapse under the tension as it I don't know man and, and it's been a week now I don't know, you know? I'm telling you Corian's some pretty strong stuff 
Well, it did it did bend did under it? the tension of the strings. There's no doubt about it. It it bent, but it stopped. You know, and sure, like with wood, for example, like those fibers will crush right. and it will bend more and more and more over time. But I don't think like you know, this is like acrylic and and dust, yeah. whatever the dust is made of, alumite or whatever it is, and I don't think it's going to continue to crush. I think it's going to stay where it is because it hasn't moved an inch, hasn't yeah. dropped out of tune. Um, it's not really forces know, that's how, that were meant to be applied to that material. You know what I mean? It's not meant no. to be. It's not like torsion that was ever. You know, it was just compression. No, it was never. It was never designed to do right. that. Sure, just but it, it seems to be. To I don't think it's going to move. Be strong enough to do that. No, yeah, for sure. Could, but I think Tim's yeah. right that at one point the compression of sort of being pulled tight will reach an end. Right, like it right, can't right. forever bend. Yeah. And it seems to have reached that point pretty quickly, you know, within an hour. You, you, might, know, have, so you how, might have made how much a new bow? discovery, Tim. Um, it's, it's not bowed too much. It's bowed more than I would prefer, okay. but not out of the realm of, like, normal. normal. Okay. You know, like some people actually like their instruments to have a bit of a bow. Maybe I don't. Maybe it's bowed more than anybody would actually want. But it's not like it's um, it's not unplayable. You know what I mean? It's totally Is it like crazy. a silly distance between the strings and the frets? No, it's probably. I mean, I'd have to measure it. Like generally, you shoot for like uh, I don't know why I say two thirty seconds when it's one sixteenth, but because uh, I measure them in thirty seconds. <laughs> you know, usually you shoot for All like right. two or three. You know, like two. Like on a, you know, that's a good number for me. Like if I have a two thirty seconds clearance, you know, um, off the fret to the string, and, and it's, this? I mean, it's maybe four thirty seconds just to stay in. The <laughs> Why are you messing with my head right now? Four thirty, so an eight. Because the imperial <laughs> system is stupid, and I'm pointing it out. <laughs> hey, what about instead of a truss um, rod? What about just like I did on the neck for your guitar bass? I made you just oh, like putting in uh, just carbon a, fiber, or, yeah. Yeah, I, I could do all that. I mean, th these are all comments that, you know, people have made too, and they're all things that I thought about when I was doing it. Like, my original plan was to just make it the way I would normally make a guitar and make the neck with the truss rod right. slot, put a truss rod in, and then glue the fingerboard on. Um, but instead, I thought it'd be fun to carve it all in one piece. And, like, one person was saying, like, oh, well, you should have impregnated the, the truss rod into the Corian before you mill, mill it. I was like, oh, God. I was like, <laughs> I'm not no, doing I, that. I say just run a slot on the back of the neck and glue in a... Yeah, and, and which I I could do. I could put put a piece of aluminum or steel even in there. Yep. Um, you know, it's once it's already cut though, and I got the column look. Like, it's I'm not gonna it's more of an art it. piece not, more than anything. Yeah, it's it as long as it continues to work. Like if it bows too bad to where it no longer functions as an instrument, then I'll do something like that. But as long as it continues to function as an instrument, then it does everything I want it to do as an art piece that functions. Like because it's always about the balance of form and function, right? And you yes. know sometimes. Most of the time, function is more important to me than form. And this one, it's not. Function is the least important part of this one. Well, I you say know? this was a so, nice little, nice little but it to be toy there. that you made. But quit screwing around. And next one, I want out of marble. Yeah, that would be cool. That one, heavy. man. Uh, well, then, what I want to do next is um, I want to do the same thing, but with a proper neck. Like, do it a corian body, mm. but then do a proper neck, but still go no wood. So I'm thinking aluminum. Maybe an aluminum neck with a Corian fingerboard, Ooh. or maybe an aluminum neck with an aluminum fingerboard, which has been done. You know, the Corian stuff is—I've seen Corian bodies, but I've never seen Corian necks or fingerboards. Corians use a lot; a lot of guitar makers use them for nuts and stuff instead of bone. So it's not an mm -hmm. uncommon material. It's just uncommon. I, I was just like, I want to make as much of this out of Corian as possible, and I even contemplated the idea of doing like a violin-style bridge, 
and making carving the bridge into the body and just running the strings over it and wow. then drilling holes to mount the strings in. But um, I was less, I was more skeptical about it not working. Like I was concerned that there'd be alignment issues, so I I cheesed out. I think the strings would wear bridge. through that. No. Well, yeah, they're going to wear through everything, the frets and everything, but it's not going to get played 20 hours a week. It's right, going to get right. played, like, once a week. You know what I mean? Right. If that. Right. And just to show that it works, you know. And just for anybody mm-hmm. that doesn't pay attention to our show at all, understand that uh, this Corian that he's talking about uh, came from scrap. Somebody redid their kitchen counters. Right, it was a, and it was literally in a dumpster. I right. went to my house. My buddy, BT, uh, flips houses, and he, he knows I'm into the holocore doors. And he's like, hey, I got about 10 of these if you want them. You know, it was about a half hour up the road, so I went up there, and literally I pulled in and I saw it in the dumpster, and uh, and like I was like, I was like, let me go in and see what's going on with this, you know, and uh, sure enough, they're like, yeah, you want it? I was like, I do, and so we just cut it right where the sink was, with the skinny, you know, because it's just skinny parts where the kitchen sink was, right. shoved it because it was ten feet long, yeah. you know, shoved wow. it in the back. Wow, I didn't realize it was that big. <laughs> just just about, uh, just about, yeah, because I had to cut. Like for the neck part, I had to cut two pieces of it and glue it together, and for the body too. But I did, you know, two halves and like clamshelled it. So it was a lot of Corian square footage that Your went. Your truck into struggle home. I was in the van actually. Oh, okay, that makes a lot more sense. The mini, the minivan. Right. But um, yeah, yeah. So besides that, I've been working on the my other truck, the 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 guitar truck, and uh, I've got the stage just about. Well, I've got it functioning and stuff. Um, I still have a lot to do. You know, but I've got like a, I've got to reclaim some beautiful like hundred year old oak floors. They're like seven inch wide boards. Wow. Um, and they had the the tongues on the side, the tongues and grooves on the side were cut off because they were all messed up. But it still has them on the ends, and so I was able to actually tongue and groove the 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 short ends together. Um, I advanced to help me lay that down. So we, you know, I built a steel frame. I've got some wood in the steel frame, like two by threes and two by fours in there, and then I put a quarter inch plywood underlayment on it. And then I was able to glue and nail this hardwood floor across the top, and that firmed it all right up. Um, but now I have to, I'm going to rent a floor sander and sand it all. But before I do that, I want to do some inlays into the floor. I was thinking about um, just using a router and some straight edges and doing like a very basic arrow inlay shape um, with real wood. And I also want to edge the, the um, trim the edges because you can see the, yeah, I want to do something around the edge to make it look better. You go up to um, Jimmy's house, he's got that shaper. See if you can borrow that, you can use that. I was, you know what? I was thinking about that, of doing something with the shaper, um, seeing if there's someone closer. He's probably the closest person I know that has one. Um, but then I was thinking about, then I was thinking about just making templates on my laser, Ooh. router templates on my laser, if I want to do anything fancy. But then I was thinking about how I don't even need to do that because I was just going to do some pretty basic shapes. So I might do some smaller and put some lettering by using my um my laser to make templates at a quarter inch mdf we'll see i haven't i haven't planned it all out yet but then after i do all that i'm going to rent a floor sander and actually sand it all smooth and you know that, that sounds mm-hmm. kind of that's that's kind of weird i don't have a shaper so i'll just have to use my laser to make templates so i can use my router right exactly <laughs> very old school very old yeah, school super old school yeah 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 sounds obsolete yeah <laughs> obsolete tech yeah. Um, but so I've got the I got the four legs on that now. Uh, uh, like originally I bought these four trailer legs. They're like you know you put it at the front of your trailer and you crank it up to height. You know usually there's just one per trailer because there's two wheels. But so I bought four of these darn things and I had welded two on the front and they were working fine. But then I was saying to you guys how I wanted to get 
put two more legs on the back. Um, so I was going to make something that went underneath because I was concerned about the way the truck closed and whether I'd be able to put them on. And then I realized that I could just cut the foot of the of the trailer of the, the trailer leg that goes down because there's these like two inch wide by six inch long feet on it for like so that it sits good, you know. But they would hit the truck when it was folded up, and I was like, oh, I just cut a corner off of them. So I just cut corners I, off of them. So I, I now watched, I have four legs. I on watched it. Um, Vance pulling those leg pins out, and if you, I don't know, you maybe you've already heard this from a thousand people, but when you're trying to pull the pin out, when that leg, all the pressure of that leg is sitting on that pin. So if you reach, Hang reach on, over yeah. and just push up a little bit, that pin will pop right out. You know? Right. He he doesn't know that. Right. But I let him. I let him figure that stuff out on his own. Okay. Like that, that's like a physics lesson. I just, like, I wanted to I run over him. there so bad and just like, no, dude, like this, let me show you. I know, and it's tough, but like that's that's part of the parenting is to let them solve it and then tell them why afterwards because then the lesson's more permanent. So sometimes I just sit there on my butt and let them make mistakes. Yeah, you know? yeah it's funny. Think about, yeah. think about how you learn, Bill. Do you learn when someone tells you, or do you learn when you screw something up and have to do it again? No, what I've learned I is mean, trying to get ways. other people to do my work. Hello. Oh, that's the thing I learned, which is why Vance was playing the list. <laughs> <laughs> well played. The other thing I, I, I'm debating doing is I should, I really kind of should drill into the frame of the tr- of the that I welded together, so that pin when it's in its lock position, it goes further in because it doesn't. It's designed to like sink through the plate and into the the thing I welded to, so I might have to do that. Oh, and Phil, hmm. you'll be happy to know, the good news is is that your welder yes. does have a good Lincoln Electric Flux Core .035 oh. inch spool in it. The bad news is, is I know that because I used it up. <laughs> <laughs> but the good news is, is I bought a replacement. So. Oh, terrific. Terrific. The, the, because I still have one more thing I want to use it for. So. Oh, great. <laughs> so it will be gone again. So, no, I, I just have a little bit. Because now the way, there's a couple things I'm going to do to hold the door up. Like right now it's just held up by that cable, but that's, you can't trust that, you know. Right. So I'm going to weld two tabs on the inside of the door and then drill holes on the inside truck uh, on the, the, the sort of lip around the hole. There's like a more pins. lip. So I can put like the pins like the, with the snap rings on it, you know, right. to hold that in there. And then I also bought some um, toggle clamps to put on the outside. So I'll have pressure pushing outside of it, and then I'll have these pins on the inside and the cable on it. So between those five things, it should be safe enough to drive. Now, is there any question of, like, road legality, like making this thing street legal? Like, are there any codes you have to bring it up to to, to be allowed to drive it around like that? I don't, I don't think anybody's going to notice. No. I, <laughs> that didn't answer the question at all. I can answer the question. It's like, no. But as long as it's, not, as long as it's secure, mean. because you'd think the back of an yeah. open truck when you take – an old couch and everything else, they don't care as long as it's secure. It doesn't matter how you secure it. Okay. As long as it's not, yeah. I mean, you see these guys with, like, the leaf collection rigs. They have these, like, 20-foot-tall plywood boxes right. built out of pickup trucks and stuff. That's way sketchier than what I've got going on. Okay. I mean, that's, you know. I didn't know what the codes were out there in CT. Yeah. Yeah, no, as long as it's, as long as it's you know, it's cool. Like, as long as it's not. It's not sticking out beyond the bumper of the truck. You know, it's not sticking. it's not sticking out anywhere that it shouldn't be. That's right. where they start getting concerned. If it goes beyond the bumper, because then if you get into an incident, then the bumper's not doing its job and it's going into someone's windshield. You know, that's the yeah. stuff. If right? it was so used for commercial purposes, like deliveries or something like that, then there might be some issue with that. But that's because you have to get it inspected when you go through the way stations and all kinds of stuff like that. So. Right. But and this I'm is underweight. commercial purposes. 
No, it's well, not. it's it's a it's a combination plate, but the um I don't have a CDL for it because it's there's weight limits for that stuff, and so it's like I think it's eighteen thousand pounds in Connecticut. Um, I don't. It's typically the same everywhere else, or you know somewhere in there. But so if any vehicle that weighs less than that, uh, it's just a regular vehicle. Right. Okay. Um, it's a combination because it's a truck. Um, but so I don't have a CDL. I don't have to go to weigh stations. I don't have to put like a um, uh, a license number on it or anything like that. You don't have to log your miles or anything like that. No, no, none of that okay. stuff. No. So okay. I just just drive it, drive it like the family van, you know. Right. And that's wh- and that's why they. I mean, like campers, like a lot of campers are like that too. You don't need to. They, <clears throat> they make them that way on purpose, you know. So sure. You can just anybody can have it. And then once you get over that eighteen thousand pound threshold, now you have a CDL. Now you got random drug tests or whatever they do to all the, you know, and it becomes this whole thing. It's not random. They always choose me. <laughs> <laughs> they listen to last week's pre-show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that was a few weeks ago. <laughs> um, How about you, Phil? Oh, great question. Um, what did I work on? So, I mentioned it in the pre-show, but best tip I ever got about cleaning up the workshop was from. Sippy Sailor over here, Bill Lutz, get a leaf blower, he said, blow all the dust out of your shop. So last year, my neighbor, Billy, who I've mentioned a couple of times, he uh, he gave me his Black & Decker corded leaf blower because he got himself one of those cordless Makitas. Meanwhile, the corded one is way more powerful, and I just plug oh, an yeah. extension cord into it, and uh, wow, it just blows everything out of there. And it was actually my wife's idea to clean up because... There's a lot of the half the garage is the kids stuff. Right. So um, we uh, I blew the hell out of that. Got everything out of there. Blew all the dust out. Um, turned on my uh, my particulate filter there, the air filter up there. And then what I'll do is I'll hose down the garage. If anyone hasn't seen any of my videos, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, um, it's actually industrial tile. That's my it's the floor of my garage. It's like uh, inch it's and weird. a half thick tile. Yeah. It's but it's great stuff. It's just- yeah, it's just weird to see in a garage. Like, yeah. you wouldn't see that, you know. No, it's very odd. Yeah. But I have extras, yeah. and it's really thick tile. And yeah. um, so what I'll do is I'll just I'll hose it down, not trying to blow dirt out, but just to get it wet. And then I'll go and I'll scrub it with my um, outside broom. And then I have a squeegee, and then I'll squeegee all that water out there. And then, uh, and then yeah, so then I had a clean garage, and I took the opportunity to do two videos yesterday one was a shop tour um, I'm almost finished um, editing that video and in that video I do a little bit of cleanup of a certain area of my garage and then once I turn the camera off I just sort of had the bug and I kept going and I like cleaned the heck out of and reorganized and added tool holders and added nails and hung things up and just really uh, got things very very organized it's like the most organized the shop's been in a long time which was really nice um, and then I started immediately on um, this sponsored video that I'm doing with Milescraft. It's these melamine uh, cabinets that I'm doing for my kids. They're art cabinets. And uh, I'm using pocket holes with these 5 8 inch melamine cabinets. And, uh, and I got to the point where I'm doing the shelf pins. And actually, I had the wrong drill bit. So they've got to send me another mm-hmm. drill bit. They sent me the one that has the quarter inch. And everything in Canada is 5 millimeter, which is a little bit smaller. It's about a mil smaller than quarter inch. So I'm waiting for that before I can continue the video. But in the meantime, I'll finish uh, editing this shop tour and cleanup video, and that should go out uh, maybe tomorrow. Yeah, you really don't so want your shelf pin cool. holes to be too big. That's not a joke. I'm, I'm serious. No, no, no. It's, yeah. it's useless. Yeah, they'll. It's it's like a millimeter is basically a sixth of a quarter inch. 
So, <laughs> so wait, three millimeter is an eighth of an inch. So one twenty-four. It's one twenty-fourth of an inch. Either so way, it's enough. A shelf pin needs to be it's in there snug, not loose. Tight. Every yeah, time you bump exactly. the shelf, they'll fall out, and the whole shelf falls down. And then your wife right. sues so you it, for damages to the children. Yeah, and I'm not going to lose that one again. So I don't think it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> Waited for you to take a sip. Yeah, thanks. Um, so yeah, so that's that's uh, that's what I've been working on, and uh, and it's it was nice. It was it was fun to get out there, do some videos, get some lighting done, um, and you know what? Actually, uh, a couple of maybe. A couple months ago, I got one of these green screens. Green screen. It's a green yeah. sheet that they sell on yeah. Amazon, and they call it a green screen. But yeah, I, yeah. I tacked it down to a long strip of OSB, and I just sort of hang it up across the bridge of two um, closet doors when I'm in here in my office. And it's it's our pseudo little uh, uh, video studio because a lot of my my kids' friends' birthdays. Um, have come and gone and what they're doing is is hey I'm putting together a video montage for so-and-so can you send me a video so I'll do these fun little videos uh, so the, I did one today with my son where um, I had him up on a milk crate and he put on his hockey jersey and his hockey stick and uh, and so I put him on a background of basically center ice at the Bell Center so it was like he's <laughs> one of the Montreal Canadiens and he's like, uh, hey, sorry I couldn't be at your birthday, but I'm busy here at Center Ice, but I'll score a goal for your birthday, you know? So That's something awesome. cute like that. And so we've done a few of those, and it's, and it's fun. It's actually it's my son Jake's uh, birthday on Thursday, and we're having – don't tell the cops. Wait, what's his birthday again? Thursday. The 23rd? The 23rd, yeah. April. Did we go through this last year? We do it every year, actually. I was going to say, every <laughs> year this time you want to bring up a birthday. Every what the year. Heck? Yeah, because mine's the twenty fourth, advances is the twenty sixth. So right, yeah. right. Um, so I'll wish you happy birthday on Friday. But and what I, we're doing for I, Jake? Uh, happy birthday to your son! I forget this every year. Thanks, man. Uh, we'll do it again next year. See you next year. You say advances the twenty sixth. You know, you are the worst of all of my contractual friends, Tim. Um, <laughs> wow! In the room with Lutz, you say that. <laughs> <laughs> He's a very good contractual friend. Thank you very much. <laughs> Wait. Um, so what we're what we're doing for Jake is, uh, and don't tell the cops, we are doing a silent parade. Basically, uh, all of his friends are going to be driven in front of our house so he can wave to them as they drive past. That's going the house. on everywhere. No yeah. yeah. So yeah. we have a snitch of a neighbor behind me and to the right, one house over. So uh, so I'm not. Uh, so we're not going to allow anyone to honk. Why would that be? What would what would the cops say? You, your son can't have his friends wave to him on his freaking birthday? Who, so there was a case on. in Montreal of a very similar thing, except people had, like, Bristol boards, like, you know, like, whatever, happy birthday signs on the outside of the car, and people were honking, and there was a huge noise complaint. So the cops came, and they shut down this kid's birthday. No. Yeah, oh and, like, God. in the middle of the day. Like, it's not, like, 11 well, o'clock night. And then they strangled the Easter Bunny in front of him. I mean, yeah. <laughs> crazy well hopefully everything anyway so well. we're we're trying to be as pc as possible about it but we're trying it's his seventh birthday we're trying to make it as special as possible and uh and so that's what we're doing and that's nice. that's what i got going on there so um, i'm looking at the time here boys and i'm wondering uh because we haven't even started talking about our topic and, well our topic we can is do our original clever title here so we might have covered everything well actually no, we, we just changed yeah, we changed. We that. changed the oh. name to and and since we're giving away the the pre-show 
as part of the show yeah. here, everybody yeah. will know everything that led up to this <laughs> quote episode that we're making. Um, and we went to participation trophy, which we hashed out in the pre-show. Right. Well, the, so you heard, we heard that by now, right? Right, yeah. and that was why we weren't going to do participation trophy as the topic. Because we already did it in the pre-show. Well, it's, we're an hour. This, the whole thing doesn't make sense to me either, and it was my idea. Hey, it's so. an hour in. Wait. We're kind of done. <laughs> but we didn't even talk about the topic. But we did talk oh, about the topic. But we did in the pre-show. We t- oh, we did. Yeah. Right. Okay. So all, I guess of this, our all of this to say, <laughs> see what you're missing. Yeah, what, what, what do you do now? <laughs> right. right. So, so see what you're missing in the pre-show, right? So I guess we kind of did it backwards so that you could see how we come up with the topic, and we sort of hashed it out. And, uh, but then we didn't do it. And then we ultimately didn't do it, but... So what are we doing? Well, we're going to have a post-show, um, I believe, right? For those who are actually paying his money. No, Bill doesn't, Phil doesn't even want to do that. No, I don't He's, want to do that. Phil just wants to say forget it to everybody this week. Huh. Well, let me ask you something. When HBO gives you a free weekend, do they not charge the two days to the people who are already paying for HBO? No, they still charge Val- them. Valid point. Valid point. Huh. <laughs> I was going to be a lawyer for about uh, a little while there. But yeah. uh, okay, I'm, okay. I'm just I, – I think this has been one of our best episodes. Oh, God. <laughs> That's not saying very much. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure because when we were recording the pre-show – this, this is what's fun about it is that we were, we were not recording the pre-show with the intent of making it public. Right. So it's a legit pre-show. Sure. So now when I go back and edit, I'm going to actually – usually I don't listen – to this stuff on edited, I have notes on where we swear if we swear. Yeah. But I got to go and listen to this whole thing to make sure there's nothing impeachable. In there. Well, just be happy <laughs> because we don't swear clean. a lot. So yeah, no, but I'll I'll Heck let it no. out the swears. But even like even all the stuff when we were like busting on Jimmy and Izzy, I'll leave all that in there. Like you know, that'll be fun. They're big boys. Jimmy, they could who, potentially who come is back. this Jimmy character that you all keep talking about? I'm getting a little. Uh, I feel left out. What's what's going on with that? I think what were you telling me to steal this? Oh, that was in the show, The Shaper. I don't. But we we're saying about like calling names out for. Uh, Wait, why being, are you taking him seriously right now? This is. I'm not taking him seriously. I'm continuing my thought and I'm ignoring his. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, well, I'll leave the rest of big guy. Yeah. Hmm. Um, well, you see, <laughs> why don't we? Why don't we just very quickly, you know, talk on this topic since we have a little bit of time anyway, and then we can sort of, you know, put a bow in this whole thing. You want me to wrap it up in like 30 sure. seconds for you? I think we could spend five minutes on it, oh, just okay. sort of, you know, um, I think the whole point of this was talking about how the fact that participation trophies for children are a bad idea, uh, in my opinion, having three children who are young and, you know, who've played municipal sports, um, because in my opinion, again, I feel like the children don't learn how to lose gracefully, how to um, really have a competitive drive. Some children are inborn with it, but for example, my eldest, Jake, does not have that because no matter what happens he's gonna get the trophy anyway and he feels good about himself having gotten it for simply showing up you know like putting on his pads well, that was the achievement and in my mind it really is is the struggle for for I guess victory for the last lack of better but let's say achievement um, and uh, I think lo- learning how to lose gracefully is a very important skill and, and I think uh, you lose out on teamwork because if we don't have to work together to win because winning isn't important, then we don't really need to work together, if you know what I'm saying, right? Beyond beyond the shame of not being a good passer, 
so I have strong opinions on that, and I'm a very competitive person by nature, and so I think maybe that's why I've gotten into clashes with other parents who do like the idea. But all to say... Uh, that's my opinion on that, but my opinion on the participation trophy for makers is a little different. I think um, there is no competition in the space. Like we're not competing with one another. And I think encouraging someone who's picking up a hobby at potentially even 65 or 70 years old, uh, there's nothing wrong with with you know saying high five. That's a great box you've nailed together. Let's see what you do on the next one. Um, yeah, you, you said, know, you said something interesting. Um, being in the pre-show, which everybody will hear. Yeah. No, I mean, just now you said something interesting is that when it comes to the kids and the competitiveness, but it's a team thing. I wonder if it's it's kind of different, like, in the maker community, for one, because we're pretty much on our own in our shops, right? I mean, so... Solo yeah. sport. The, the encouragement needs to be there, I think, more so than where if you've got an entire team together, it's like, hey, we're all here. We're all supporting each other by just showing up. You don't need a trophy for that. The trophy is for the competition and, and whatever. But as, as makers getting that encouragement from others when, hey, I made my first box, right? That's awesome, man. What are you going to do next? You're going to add some frills and, and some skills and whatever to it. The encouragement, I think, maybe goes better in that when you just encourage the most simplest of terms. And I've said for the entirety of our podcast, a little bit of hot glue and some popsicle sticks, right? If that's what it takes to get yeah. you going. I think the other thing is that, you know, you're talking about different age groups, right? Children are inherently more open to trying new things and are braver about it, generally speaking, because they don't necessarily fear rejection or fear failure as, as much as adults do. So when an adult ventures out of their comfort zone and tries something new, um, you know, that encouragement is super necessary because... We're so scared of like looking foolish and you know well, that being rejected by being a new community. Critical of ourselves—that's one of that's adulthood. If you, there's some way to eliminate that from being an adult, that would be awesome. But as you grow up, regardless of what you're doing in life, you are your own worst critic always, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As it well, be, I don't right? know. My wife's pretty good at that too. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I don't want to take anything just... away from her. What? The only thing I disagree with you on that, Phil, is because um, I do agree about it's a little bit the whole participation trophy kind of thing is a little bit over, you know, ridiculous. But what, where I disagree is that there is a there is an age where it becomes maybe an inappropriate. But there, at this younger age, I'm not as opposed to it because we all know you're going to live 60, 70, 80 years. And, you know, most of those years, life is going to kick you in the friggin' teeth every day. <laughs> you deserve to have a little kindness. How horrible. Yeah. There's, no, there's no point in rushing kids into into this being their own worst critic, into feeling inferior and all those complexes that come with that. There's no need to rush them into that. Give so them what's a chance that age, enjoy. in your opinion? Um, 48. <laughs> <laughs> Well, where's where's my next eight participation trophies then? So I don't I don't know if um I don't know if I would venture a guess on what this the, the ages I would rather put that in the hands of the child psychologists and people that study that stuff. I don't know if but an like age I know, like for instance, wouldn't it be depending upon what you're doing? I know um, little kids play t-ball, right? Just show yeah. up, try and knock the ball off the stick. And there's no winners and losers that you don't keep score or nothing, right? And that's because they're little tiny itty bitty kids. But when you join the next step, which is little league, then you start have to competing. So I, I think yeah. the problem is it's not yeah. that there's a well, participation that's... trophy. It's at what's at, at some point you have to say, okay, you've learned the basics. You're you're learning how to be you know good player, a good teammate. You're showing up because that's that's a lot of bravery just right there, just showing up. Takes a lot. You drop your mm-hmm. kid off the first day for school, right? How scary is that? Anyway, 
But there does come a point, I think, where it's like, okay, now you know how to do the basics. You gotta, you gotta improve now. You gotta get better at what you're trying to accomplish, whether that's playing baseball or, or that weird stick ice thing you do, or, you know. Hmm. Yeah, my 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 son's rec basketball league, I think, handled it pretty well. Like last year when he played, there was no scoring, but of course, all the kids kept score. Yeah. Um, and then this year when he played, there was scoring, and yeah. they, no, the only there was only one team that won. Like last year, they all got they all got basketballs, which I thought was cool too, instead of a trophy. You know what I mean? And then this year right, there was, there was, they had a they had a, a round robin playoff thing or whatever you call it where everybody everybody goes in and there's a seed, you know, like Vance's team was seeded third or something or second and, and they all played until there's a winner. And Vance's team was the second place in the whole thing, which I thought was pretty cool. So he got to experience all of that. Um, but he didn't have to experience it at the age of five where it would have been, you know, maybe crushing to him, yeah, you know, and to the, or to the kids that were the first team out, you know what I mean? Like, even at the age that they're at now, they're feeling that, but they're a little more mature and they've got some and maybe more and ready to feel it a little better, right? Because they, you know, yeah, and so then it's, but yeah, when you're 12 years old and everybody wins, that's that's kind of BS. Well, uh, <laughs> I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll tell you one thing. My my son, who is turning seven on Thursday, uh, this I guess this past hockey season, but most of it got canceled. Um, he was called up maybe eight or nine times to the next age group up. Um, and he's in MAG now, and I don't know if that means anything to anybody else because maybe it's a system we only do here. But basically, it's just a series of drills every week with a little scrimmage of five to ten minutes at the end. Whereas at the next age group up, which is novice, um, he was playing actual games against teams that come from other towns. And, you know, after he did that a few times, he's like, I only want to do that. Right. You know, like, yeah. so that told me that he got to a place where he's not just out there to have, he wants to win. He enjoys the right. whole spectacle of the game. And he was also frustrated by the fact that we weren't keeping score, although I always did and told him what the score was. <laughs> um, and my daughter, who's just turned five, played <laughs> soccer last year, and I was her coach. And maybe this was me rubbing off on her, but she is hyper competitive in school and in, you know, uh, and in sports also. But she was keeping score, like, more vigilantly than the parents were. She's like, no, daddy, it's 4-3, not 4-2. We got to win this one. But, you know, like, okay. it, it's funny because I do remember it wasn't that long ago when you were on the podcast telling us about Jake, who was kind of, uh, he wasn't excited about it. He, he thought he was going to be, no. but he wasn't. He was scared and everything. And there was, so that's not the time for the winning and the losing. That's the time for the participation. No. You show up, you do your best, and I'm going to be so proud of you. But now he's at that point where it's like, yeah, whatever. I want to I want to kick some butt, right? Right. And that time difference was like a year. Right. You know what I mean? Up until like, let's say five years old, he would cry when I would take him to hockey. And before that skating, he would have tantrums. He didn't want to skate. Right. Like, but then you put a hockey stick in his hand, it was a little bit more interesting because it was more of a game. And then all of a sudden this year, oh, game changer, total game changer. This is all I want to be doing. I don't want to do anything else. All I want to do is play hockey. So it's like, you're right. There is probably a cutoff and maybe you and I would disagree on what that age is. I don't think it's um, an age though. I think it's a situation. Well, yeah, and I mean, every kid's different too. Like, he, I saw it in some of the kids that Vance was playing with. Like, some of these kids were just so competitive and, and uh, you know, and so hyped up when things went good or bad and the other kids weren't. And, you know, and that's just... You can't you can't say oh it's nine and a half. I mean you you just can't because every person's different. But you have to uh, our job as parents too is to give our kids the tools to accept defeat and accept yes. victory too. Absolutely, you, know? you got to be graceful and, but, in both ways. 
Right. And so at age five, like, you know, all these kids are going to be at different levels age six, you know, so let them all get a trophy. But by age eight or nine, it's like, you know, let the parent explain to them why it's okay to lose and, and what it means to lose because losing is just as important as winning uh, and probably more beneficial. Absolutely. What did you, I mean, the only question you should be asking is, is what did you learn? Yeah. You lost. What did you learn? Yeah. You know? Yeah. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. You know? What are you going to do better yeah. next time? Yeah. Um, or, or just, or are you are you happy with that? Did you have fun? And it doesn't matter that you lost. So, yeah, there are I mean, those people too. Back to the, yeah. the Baker. Yeah, not you, obviously, but no, not me. Because <laughs> I, 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 it's a business lesson for me. It's all that Sun Tzu stuff, right? Like the art of war. Like you lost. Okay, now what? You know, like and I. Yeah. Okay, I didn't close that customer. What do I do next time? Where did I drop the ball on this one? What could I have? Yeah. Could I have done anything? Yes. No. Maybe. Yeah. What is that? So I take every defeat as a learning opportunity. I take every win as a learning opportunity, but the more valuable ones are, of course, the losses. Okay. Yep. That horse has been <clears throat> beaten a couple of times. Let's, um, I guess, I guess we're done though here. Unless, some, oh, who's got a hot tip here? I got Do we have one. any, oh, um, okay, you look for one while I, I see if we had any reviews. I got a tip, um, and I just discovered it. So this is like a, a new tip. Uh, it, it, it's definitely about reclaimed, right? Because I found something on the curb. I found one of them little um, Black & Decker type little clamp tables, those mini, you know what I'm talking about? The, they're like they unfold. It's just a little table, and you can kind of screw the top together. It acts like a clamp. Say that yeah. again? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you mean. It's Black & Decker makes it's like the, the workmate, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, okay, yes, so yes, anyway, yes. I found an old one of those, and it works. It's kind of beat up, but it works. I don't want it for that because the thing is only, you know, 28 inches tall. Yeah. Right? They're for midgets. Yeah. But. Hey. Yeah. Due to the Sorry. circumstances of spending a lot of time with each other and my wife's going crazy and wants to actually get out of the house and maybe make something, she wants to do some pens on our mini lathe. Well, I've gotten rid of all of our tables that would be low enough to set that mini lathe on because my workbench is too tall for her. This thing is perfect for that. So I picked it up. Mm. I'm going to adapt it to where I can set that little Harbor Freight mini lathe on it. Use the clamps on it to actually squeeze it in so it holds it there, and it's just about the right height. So that tip is is that cool. don't not only do we reclaim things, but uh, repurposing, I guess would be. It's I haven't changed anything on this thing. I'm just using it for something other than its original intent, right? Hmm. You just might want to weight it somehow in the bottom. Yeah, it's, it's pretty. The, it's know. pretty sturdy. I've already tried it. Plugged it in, turned it on, everything oh, is yeah. down. So the only thing I'm going to do is is um, adapt something on it that those little clampies can actually clamp to. But the, the weight of the lathe yeah. sitting on it, it's not that high off the ground. It's got a big enough base on the bottom. Right, I guess. Yeah. It's it's just yeah. about perfect. I mean, it's like, yeah, so the, those little those little uh, work-made tables, think about using it for something other than – because I've never seen the commercials for those things. It's like the guy's got his boat on it, and it's holding the boat up while he refinishes it. It's like, no, I don't think so, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. But, yeah, that's for some, so that's a very specific use I'm using this thing for. So I guess the tip would be don't be afraid to use something, to reclaim something to make it a specific use item and it folds up so it's yeah. not taking shape in my shop that i just got all cleaned up, or taking space i fold it up i move it out of the way when i want to use that lathe i unfold it clamp it down it's perfect height for casey boom so i thought that was kind of fun that's great yeah. mm. that's great that's good tip yeah okay we have a couple of uh reviews here okay. uh okay actually we've got two international ones and one american one um <clears throat> let's see here oh this one's from Hungary. This is from Olari. Or Olari. Oh, nice. What's up, the Sebastian? Title is, uh, yeah, the title is, meh. 
Um, but <laughs> but seriously, my thoughts about this podcast. Oh God, <clears throat> I don't read Hungarian, and the letters are basically I think maybe Cyrillic. I don't know what these letters. You are, owe so it to him to make it up. Then just fudge it. You have to do your best. Nagyon Sanyalom Hogi Ksak Most Iraq. You know what? This is going right through Google Translate. Um, and I and I. <laughs> that was you know what it says? It says, "Hey Phil, you can't cheat and use Google Translate to read this." It doesn't say I, that I at all. Hope, it says, "I hope that's what it says." It says, "I am very sorry that I am just writing an evaluation and I am listening from the first part. I wouldn't miss a part. Very good topics from three great people." If you want to hear more about reuse, guitar making, and how good a time you have in California, I can only recommend it. Anyway, <laughs> thank you for all these good episodes. And then he wrote, P.S. Have fun, fun reading this one, Phil. Much love, Seb. Thanks, Seb. Much appreciated. Um, nice. And well, then there's one from Canada, from Randall. Great show. Too bad they quit. Sad to see the show end. Was an enjoyable part of my week. Good luck, guys. He clearly does not listen to our podcast till the end. So <laughs> he will figure it out when he keeps seeing new episodes in his feed, hopefully. Uh, on the on the translation line, because I think that uh, Olaris came from, um, what's his first name? Sebastian. Sebastian. Se- Sebastian. Se- I, just, I always just thought it was Olaria. <laughs> yeah. No, in fact, if but, you um, haven't seen his YouTube channel, you need to check it out. This kid is yeah, he's great, talented. Oh, so he's awesome, I've, skilled, yeah, skilled I've, maker. Uh, Lara's one of my favorites. Good, yeah. good video making um, too. Yes, very good videos. But uh, so last week, Phil, you read one pretty well in in Spanish, and so our American, uh, and it was from uh, Jose from Holland, Michigan, and his his pen name was El Guapo Bearded Dragon. So this week. We have another one with five stars. It says, I can't believe you did it from the El Other Guapo Bearded Dragon. <laughs> this podcast is the best. I always have lots of fun with these guys, always learning something new and having fun at the same time. Can't wait to hear it every week. Also, I can't believe you read the review in Spanish. Good job in reading it, Phil. P.S. I'm writing this review under my wife's account so you can get more five-star reviews. See you, fellas. Keep up the fun times from Jose. So this is thank you very much for not only writing a great review, but then doing a follow-up review. But this is a lesson to everyone out there that you can also write reviews from your wife's account it's, it's or husband's. It's our tip segment actually came from this gentleman. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. So our tip of the week is whatever Bill said about tools. Who cares? Our tip of the week is to go hack into your wife's account or spouse's account write and review. write another review for the Reclaimed Audio podcast. That's that very is funny. That's very funny. <laughs> um... Okay, so I guess we sort of, yeah, that's great. Uh, Oh, and what grabbed your attention this week? I got one. I can can say real quick, it was um, Izzy's folding table. Yeah. uh, Like I mentioned in the pre-show, which everybody will have heard, like that whole, I I loved that so much, the um, everything about it, and it just got my, my brain reeling. Uh, mine was cool. uh, uh, our, our buddy Keith Decent. Uh, he has a podcast. He doesn't have a lot of episodes, but when he does, they're fun. They're never usually that long. He just posted episode 3.1, The House That Beer Built. And um, if you haven't listened, it's from the Ground Up podcast. So I haven't listened to it yet, but I plan on it. I was excited to see that it popped up. So you should check it out. Yeah, it's been a few months. Yeah, hmm. I'm excited to hear it. I'll listen to that. Um, for me, it was um, there's a YouTuber. His name is Matt. Uh, the channel's called um, The Badger Workshop. He's out of the UK, and uh, and I, I watched a whole bunch of his videos. But I, I watched through his 
seven-part series on how to build a workshop. And, like, he built a building, like, in his backyard for his workshop. He did a curved roof with a uh, corrugated steel roof and the whole nine yards. Anyways, super talented guy and uh, and gave me a lot of ideas for hopefully I get to do the same thing. I don't know if I'll be able to do it this summer. I, I was planning on it, but I guess I won't be able to. Um, anyways. So that's uh, that's what I was watching. I'm obsessed with those videos, um, and that's that. Our websites: WilliamLutz.com, TimSway.net, and NewPerspectiveMusic.com. Contact us for show topics, suggestions, feedback, all that good stuff. Uh, info at ReclaimedAudioPodcast.com goes to all three of us. Um, you can hit us up on Twitter at Reclaimed Audio, iTunes. I think Tim said a mouthful about those iTunes reviews. Use your wife's accounts, boys, and. Patreon.com slash Reclaimed Audio, the best way to keep us on the air. And uh, thanks again to Levi for becoming our newest patron uh, this week. Yes, indeed. Thank you. And uh, that being said, have a great week, guys. Yeah, uh, and I hope everybody enjoyed what they uh, could possibly have if they become a supporter as well. So For only $1 an episode. Well said, Bill. Yeah, yeah. Love you. Bye, everybody. I was just about to say worst podcast yet. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty good. Okay. Be good.